And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number. Appreciate you being here. You can find out more about me on the Dan Mandis Show Facebook page. I'm also on Twitter, Instagram as well. And man, there is just so much going on when you look at what is uh, happening in the Middle East. I mean, this is... This is one of the headlines that's out there, and there's many headlines that I'm working with this morning. But Iran is now threatening to use some sort of action against Israel in the hours ahead. So it may be a very interesting uh, evening for us and perhaps maybe some breaking news uh, with Iran again threatening Israel if they go into Gaza, Iran is threatening what they call preemptive action. So that is at the uh, top of the news this morning. Also, we may have a a new speaker of the House uh, later on today. It sounds like Jim Jordan may have been able to shore up enough votes. But uh, there's some people that are saying it could be 50-50. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. The uh, attempts to rescue the hostages That does continue as well in Gaza. We'll uh, talk about that and a whole lot more. Just a very busy morning here on Red Eye Radio. You know, one of the things that we touched on yesterday, but we didn't really delve into it. And I and I want to uh, delve into it a little bit more this morning. Because I think that there is a very good conversation to have regarding these Harvard students and students all across the country who are taking the side of the Palestinians. And a lot of folks will say, well, if you're taking the side of the Palestinians, clearly you are anti-Israel, you are anti-Semitic, and yes, you are also taking the side of Hamas. And so one of the things that we've seen is these uh, you know, billionaires, multimillionaires and billionaires who want to know the names of the students, specifically in Harvard, but this is going on across the country, where you have these students that are taking the side of the Palestinians. And now you have the CEOs of these major corporations, and they're saying, we want the names of those students so that we can blackball them, so that we can ensure that we never 
hire those students who are part of these groups, part of these college organizations that say, "Okay, you know what? We're on the side of the Palestinians. We're on the side of Hamas and we are against Israel. And now you have, again, a lot of these CEOs saying, give us the names. You know, one of my questions would be. Is that fair? And I'm the first guy to say, you know what? They have. In fact, I did say it last night that uh, the uh, students have every right to say whatever it is that they want to say. They have every right to protest and have rallies and, again, belong to any organization that they would like to belong to. Conversely, I believe that those uh, CEOs have a right to know who those students are. And if these students are so incredibly proud, so proud of supporting Palestine and the Palestinians, that they should be happy to be able to work for CEOs uh, who uh, are, you know, I mean, if they're so proud of how they feel about uh, Israel and, and the Palestinians, then they should be happy to have their names out there and, and have their names given to these CEOs. But, you know, there's people that are now pushing back. And I noticed I've noticed that there's a bit of a war going on within the Republican Party, within the conservative movement. Some people are saying that these students, they do. I think all of us have uh, are in agreement that they have the right to say whatever it is that they want to say and belong to any group that uh, they want to belong to. But I also believe that the CEOs have a right to know who those people are. And again, I will say uh, again, if they're so proud of their support that they're going out and they're holding these rallies for, you know, Palestine and the Palestinians and, you know, they're going to say down with Israel and the occupiers and all of that. Well, then if you're proud of it, let's uh, find out who exactly it is that you are. But the debate seems to be. Should those CEOs. Actually be talking about blackballing these folks for life. Because if you think about it, let's say, you know, one of these are, you know, we find out the names of a lot of these students and we find out who they are. And then a CEO, maybe 5, 10, 15 years down the road, that name, your name again, pops up on whatever list this is. that will be, you know, circulated amongst the CEOs. Well, then you're not going to be hired for something that you may have said or did or belonged to. You know, 15 years ago, I am a completely different person, and this is where the conversation is. I am a completely different person than what I was when I was in my late teens, early 20s. I didn't become a hardcore conservative, and and I believe that I am a hardcore conservative. I didn't become what I am today probably until my, my mid to late 20s. Believe it or not, the journey started in my early 20s when I started paying taxes and I started realizing where all those uh, taxes were going. But really, it, it wasn't complete until my mid to late 20s. And that's when I started having children. And that's when I really started to notice the world that my children were growing up in. In other words, these students in college, who are out there praising the martyrs. Last night I played for you the audio from UMass where you actually had some of these students that were saying, you know, glory to the martyrs and the murderers and, you know, down with Israel and all of these other things. And the question is, 
do you think their mind might change in a couple of years? In two, three, four, five years? I'm 55. I would be absolutely horrified if some of the things that I said and some of the things that I did, and, and quite frankly, probably uh, some of the papers that I that I wrote in college ever saw the light of day or in high school, if my papers ever saw the light of day, because I was a flaming liberal. One of the reasons why I was, uh, you know, at that time, the way that I, I felt you know, I was everything you can imagine. I was pro-choice. I was, you know, pro-illegal alien, open, well, at the time, uh, pro-amnesty. You know, all of those things. And then I realized how wrong I was. And I then realized that I was, uh, frankly, um, what's the right word? I was going against everything my father stood for. Because my father was very conservative. My father was very Republican, and I didn't want to be anything that my father was politically. I loved him, but I wanted to be the exact opposite of my father. So, of course, I gravitated towards the exact opposite of what he was. And then I saw the light of day one day as I was doing my taxes. And I realized how much money I was going to have to pay Uncle Sam on top of the money that I had already been paying. And thus my journey began. So I guess that's part of my question that I I want to delve into tonight, because there is a debate going on uh, within, I think, within America, because I think that there have been a lot of Americans who have been shocked, really, at what we're seeing on college campuses with so many of these uh, groups out there saying, you know, that they are with the Palestinians, perhaps with Hamas, and um, they are certainly against the occupiers. Seemingly defending the carnage that we saw weekend before last. And so who's to say that in five years, in 10 years, in 15 years, they will realize exactly how wrong many of us believe that they are? And should they be penalized when these folks turn 35, 45, 55 years old? Should they be penalized for what they're saying today? Because I'm here to tell you if... Uh, You spoke to 18-year-old Dan Mandis. If you spoke to 19-year-old Dan Mandis and I was in a job interview. And those quotes and those term papers and those things that I wrote in political science or social studies saw the light of day. You would never in a million years, for example, hire me as a talk show host. Unless I was given the opportunity to talk about my journey. And a lot of us have had those same journeys. Perhaps you have had those same journeys. And so my question would be this. As we have all of these CEOs wanting to know the names of these students to ensure that at the very least they keep those kinds of people out of their companies. Is that fair and do you agree? And I think that I can say it for all of us. Conservatives are perpetually victims of of cancel culture. 
And so I know that some of you are screaming at the radio right now saying, but Dan, what about cancel culture? What about us? What about conservatives that every single day we have these same organizations run by these same people that are, you know, out there chanting, you know, down with Israel, down with the occupiers, praising Hamas, praising the Palestinians. Those are the ones that are trying to cancel conservatives. Those are the ones that are trying to cancel us. And so do we feel like it's appropriate to do the same thing to these college students, especially knowing, and this is my perspective, especially knowing that as time goes on, we do grow, we do change. And I think that as the calls come in, and they are at 866-90-RED-EYE, I, I guess the ultimate question is, how do you feel about that? Should these kids, because I think in young adults, because I think that a lot of us understand what it is like to grow and to change. And I'd be willing to bet if I wanted to include this as part of the conversation, you know, your own journey from when you were were a kid and a teenager into a young adult and and your journey into if you are a conservative or maybe you uh, were once a conservative and now you've gone the other way. Who knows? But what I do know, and I've got a friend who grew up a conservative, then he in his mid to late 20s, he turned into a flaming progressive. And then as he has gotten older, he's gone more to the right again. We all have a, a crazy journey through life, and, and events change our lives, whether it's you know these uh, kind of horrific events that we see on a historical level or personal events that impact us deeply and at a personal level. Sometimes we meet somebody who gives us more guidance, who gives us the perspective that perhaps we were missing. But I think it's a legit conversation to have, and I'd like to have it with you. And I will keep you updated on all the news of uh, the night and of the morning right here on Red Eye Radio. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number. 866-90-RED-EYE. This is Dan Mandis on Red Eye Radio. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. With advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. This preventative maintenance tip is brought to you by Hotshot Secret, the country's number one fastest-growing oil and additive company. If you've been driving a diesel any length of time, you know diesel fuel quality can be an issue. There are U.S. standards that diesel fuel is supposed to meet, like cetane number, lubricity, a.k.a. wear protection, deposit control. But oftentimes, the fuel at the pump falls short. Let's highlight diesel fuel cetane number. In most states, the minimum a cetane number can be is 40. Through years of testing, Hotshot Secret has found the average cetane number across the nation is between 42 to 45. And most modern engines are built in tune to operate best with a cetane number closer to 50. This is why a premium additive is needed to keep cetane numbers up, to keep the engine operating at its best while helping with fuel economy and DPF regeneration cycles. Add Hotshot Secret Everyday Diesel Treatment, a 6-in-1 fuel booster at every fill-up to keep cetane numbers in a premium range while also protecting your fuel system. Learn more about the science behind diesel fuel and Hotshot Secret's Everyday Diesel Treatment at HotshotSecret.com. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. 
And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. You know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Eight six six ninety red eye is the phone number. Eight six six nine zero seven thirty three thirty nine. All eyes on Israel, all eyes on Gaza, and all eyes on Iran this morning, because Iran is now threatening. And this, I mean, listen, it's a five hour show, and um, it is possible that before we uh, say good night, we may see some action in the Middle East. Iran has been threatening. Uh, Israel, that if Israel goes into uh, Gaza, Iran says that uh, they may take some uh, preventative uh, action. And so uh, Iran is now threatening Israel. That is uh, one of the bigger uh, news stories, of course, as you can imagine, that is uh, out there today. We uh, also have a, a few other things going on. The president, former President Donald Trump, says that he is going to bring back the travel ban. Now, we all remember the travel ban. People said it was a Muslim travel ban. Remember that whole thing? Uh, we will get into that after the bottom of the hour here on Red Eye Radio, because I sense that this is going to be the same argument and the media will be using the same tactic tactics that we've seen uh, before as it relates to, you know, the Donald Trump travel ban, because they're going to be screaming, oh, these banning the Muslims, he's banning the Muslims. He's actually not, and we'll get into that uh, coming up here on Red Eye Radio. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. want to say hello to Francisco, I'm assuming that's how you say it, in Madrid, Spain, uh, calling on Red Eye Radio. Francisco, how are you? 
Very well. Thank you for the call. Thank you for your, the effort things you're doing there. Um, with regard to the students that were demonstrating, if they were only my opinion, if they were only demonstrating, maybe, maybe nobody should come out. But the minute that they signed their name to the document, which was the case in most of these, then I do believe that their response should be held responsible for their actions, meaning not to the point where you say that maybe in 15, 10 years they decide to change their opinion and should be punished for it. But they should, if it were to come up in an inter interview, be able to explain why they changed their mind from this day to 10 years from now. Because the idea that, I forgot what the verb was that Obama used for wavering on gay marriages and said he was, I forgot what the word was, he was... Um, uh, the verb was, yeah, but I, I don't, I don't uh, remember, he never but... gave an explanation. Right, right. He never gave an explanation of what made him change his mind. And for a politician, especially or someone in public figure to change their mind without saying, well, this happened to me or I heard this or this made me change my mind. Just to say I changed my mind is not, in my opinion, sufficient. So with these students, it's the same thing. They're old enough to sign a paper. If they weren't educated to be responsible for their actions, that's unfortunately on them and their parents. But I come from a family of nine. They, I have six children, and I was taught. I taught them the same way I did when I was mature enough, which is you're responsible for your actions. So, well, hey, Francisco, let me ask you. So, just on a personal note, you're you're listening in Madrid, Spain. I assume you're listening on the internet. Correct. Yes. How do uh, how do folks in Madrid feel about the whole situation with uh, Israel and Gaza, Israel going into Gaza, trying to root out Hamas, you know, all, all of the things that are going on? Fortunately, fortunately, in my, in my opinion, because I do agree with Israel, it's still uh, mentality wise, it's still a religious country, although it's very atheistic. And so they still believe uh, that Israel has in, within its beliefs the idea of an eye for an eye for a tooth for a tooth meaning that they have to foresee and avoid this happening again, even if it does mean taking out uh, the military people. And they are aware of the fact that the uh, terrorist uh, Hamas does use human shields. And they do. And Francisco, we'll leave it there. Thank you for listening all the way from Madrid, Spain. We'll return next, 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. Now for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. 866-90-RED-EYES, the phone number. Is Iran about to bomb Israel preemptively? This is the story from the Daily Mail. Iran has warned it could be forced, they say, to take preemptive action against Israel in the coming hours. They say as the Jewish nation prepares for a ground offensive on the Gaza Strip. Tehran has repeatedly warned that an invasion of Gaza would be met with a response from other fronts a day after Israel also facing threats from Lebanon in the north. The declarations of intent have rapidly heightened tensions in the fraught Middle East, sparking fears 
of a wider conflict in the coming days. And so I'm just, you know, Lebanon has, uh, and Hezbollah has already been attacking Israel in the north. And, of course, we all know what happened uh, with uh, Israel at the hands of Hamas off the uh, Gaza Strip. Now we have uh, Israel with their 400,000 uh, member strong force is uh, getting ready to go into uh, Gaza. So we'll continue to keep you updated. Iran, though, they I think they mean business. Obviously, it comes. And, you know, the thing about Iran is, you know, they have been just itching for a real fight with Israel uh, for, I mean, decades now. And so, you know, this is uh, something that for uh, Israel, they are telling Iran and they're telling the world we have got to do what we're going to do. President Joe Biden, you know, he has been out there basically telling uh basically telling uh, Hezbollah and also Iran, don't get involved in this um, in this war, in this uh, situation between Israel and uh, Hamas. Just don't. But I don't think Iran, because everyone knows that uh, Joe Biden has emboldened Iran. Our president has uh, funded Iran with uh, tens of billions of dollars in lifted sanctions. We've gone through that ad nauseum the last week or so. By the way, the American people uh, really do. I'm going to share some more polling with you because the American people are beginning to really find out and understand just how much the president uh, did embolden and fund Iran. And I think that the more people become educated on this issue, there's some new polling from ABC News out that uh, is showing that the president, uh, even though he told Scott Pelley, uh, the other night, I think this was a night before last. I played you the audio last night. Uh, he told Scott Pelley he is absolutely going to uh, run again. And so I uh, will continue to talk about that because the polling out there shows that Joe Biden is as unpopular as uh, ever. Iran's foreign minister referring to his meeting with Hezbollah and their leader has been saying the possibility of a preemptive action by the resistance, Axis is expected in, they say, the coming hours. He said that the resistance leaders will not allow Israel to do whatever it wants in Gaza. Iran's president is uh, also warning that time was running out to reach a political solution and warned against the expansion of the Israel-Hamas war to other fronts. Listen, all Israel has ever said is we need to go in and we need to take care of Hamas once and for all. And and by the way, uh, America and Israel, uh, now they're looking and trying to do whatever they can to help the people of Gaza with uh, a lot of uh, aid, you know, food, water, that kind of a thing. This is Antony Blinken. Today, and at our request, the United States and Israel have agreed to develop a plan that will enable humanitarian aid from donor nations and multilateral organizations to reach civilians in Gaza, and them alone, including the possibility of creating areas to help keep civilians out of harm's way. It is critical that aid begin flowing into Gaza as soon as possible. We share Israel's concern that Hamas may seize or destroy aid entering Gaza or otherwise preventing it from reaching the people who need it. If Hamas in any way blocks humanitarian assistance from reaching civilians, including by seizing the aid itself, will be the first to condemn it, and we will work to prevent it from happening again. We welcome the government of Israel's commitment to work on this plan, 
president very much looks forward to discussing it further when he's here on Wednesday. Yeah, by the way, that's the other part of the story today. Again, a very busy news uh, news evening and uh, morning here on Red Eye Radio. Apparently, uh, Joe Biden now, the president, is going to uh, go to Israel and meet with Benjamin Netanyahu personally. And so we'll continue to cover this for you. By the way, as we spoke last night, uh, Israel, again, has 400,000 troops. And uh, you have Benjamin Netanyahu. He has been saying that um, they could be going in at any time, although the search for hostages does continue. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE. 866-907-3339. Interesting story, and I, I've been sort of hovering over this story for the last couple of days. And by the way, Dan Mandis here in for Gary and Eric. I host a morning show in Nashville, Tennessee at Super Talk 99.7 WTN. And uh, you can find out more about that show at 99.7 WTN.com. Uh, there's this conversation going on amongst conservatives where the question is the list of Harvard students who signed this pro-Palestine letter, anti-Israel letter. Now you have a whole bunch of CEOs out there that are saying that they want the list of names. Well, it turns out that list has actually been shared by a guy by the name of David Duell. He is the CEO for a company called Easy Health, and he actually did have the letter. He did have the names, and he shared the names. And his LinkedIn account, was allegedly suspended. This is from Fox News. His LinkedIn account was allegedly suspended for criticizing these pro-Palestine Harvard students. Now, I don't know why his account would be suspended if all he's doing is criticizing them because they would be the first to criticize him for being pro-Israel. So it doesn't really make a whole heck of a lot of sense to me. Of course, we know that uh, some of these companies are very, (laughs) very left of center. Uh, Duel was on Fox News and uh, he talked about his reasoning and uh, why exactly it is that he thought that it would be a good idea to uh, share the names of these students with fellow CEOs and uh, the world. My family fled their homeland of Iran over 2,000 years due to the Islamic Revolution in 1979, the Persian Jewish community had to flee overnight, a once unimaginable situation. And as a result of my family's experience, I don't take my freedoms and securities for granted. I'm a student of history and anti-Semitism, and I'm aware of how tenuous our safety is in society. Our campuses are supposedly bastions of free speech, but are truly domains of preferred speech at best. I think you and I know very well that in the wake of George Floyd, if white nationalists decided to hold a rally at UCLA or Harvard, it would never be allowed. Mm -hmm. Yet these same elite institutions are allowing and often encouraging calls of protest for the slaughter and genocide of the Jewish people, chanting river to the sea, Palestine will be free. These are the same people who so vocally demanded safe spaces for everyone and misgendering to be deemed a human rights violation. So I'm not surprised my account was taken down for sharing a list of students who were advocating for the death and destruction of the Jewish people. You know, we're not talking about arguments over a two-state solution or political divisions of land. We're talking about Hamas. We're talking about terrorism, whose own charter calls for the extermination of the Jews. So I think the hypocrisy and lack of moral clarity on campuses and with administration is conscious or subconscious anti-Semitism 
And we need to make sure these students pay a price and that their neighbors, friends, and employers know that they harbor these beliefs. And I've got some more audio from him that I'm going to uh, play in the hours ahead because I think that the comments that he makes make a lot of sense. And the question that I'm asking you, and this is a conversation that is happening uh, within the conservative circles that I hang out with, and, and that is if you're a CEO, is it right to course, share these names and and put these kids really on a list where they're not kids, they're young adults, they're college students, but where they'll essentially be uh, blackballed. And I shared with you earlier my journey from, you know, becoming I was a, a flaming liberal when I was in college and in high school. And then my my journey to conservatism happened over about a five or six year period. And I would be horrified if I was judged by some of the things and some of the some of the things that I wrote and some of the things that I said between the age probably of 16, 17 years old to 22 or 23. So is it fair to hold them accountable? Okay, I wholeheartedly uh, agree with Francisco in Spain. Yes, they should have their names printed. Yes, we've raised in America three generations of no responsibility you can say do whatever as long as you're on the right side but if you're on the wrong side you're not allowed to do anything so yeah it's time for responsibility to be upheld and step forward and say yes now i agree with you we all go through transitions in our life i went through college during the vietnam war found out that politicians lie every day, even more than I ever thought about in government or history. But that made me become a conservative uh, because I got tired of the lies that they were telling us about the Vietnam War, and they told us lies about everything else. But they are never held to their word. It's time we started doing something. I don't care if they're if they're going to Harvard, more than likely they've been pampered all their life. It's time for them to get unpampered and figure out that society is not going to cow down to their woke attitudes. And and Dana, I uh, I appreciate the call and y- you know, listen, I'm not going to argue with you because You've got great points. And the the left, they have been they've been going after conservatives and cancel culture for years now. And so, you know, I, I agree with you, Dana, in the sense that uh, this is something that the left has perpetuated. This is the culture that we have here in America, where if you say the wrong thing, if you do the wrong thing, if you belong to the wrong group, if you're even accused of saying or doing the wrong thing, then your career is over. Your reputation is destroyed. So, you know, for me, and again, even though this is a conversation that is happening within conservative circles and everybody seems to have you know, their own opinion on this, for me... I just say fight fire with fire. I mean, if these young adults, if they have been out there and you know that these are the kinds of 
kinds of young adults. You know these are the kinds of college students who would go after a conservative in a heartbeat on a college campus. If they came out and they were, you know, pro-Donald Trump, then, oh, my God, it's the Nazis have invaded Harvard. You know what? It goes both ways, folks. It does. Got a lot more straight ahead. 866-90-RED-EYE. 866-907-3339. This is Dan Mandis on Red Eye Radio. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Eight six six ninety red eye is the phone number. Really quickly, I want to get in Michael in. He just, all right, Michael's gone. Michael, it was almost your big break, and then uh, for whatever reason, you hung up. Richard is calling from California on Red Eye Radio. Richard, go ahead. Uh, yes, I like to say that last speaker, he was right on, 100%. These kids should be held accountable, and let's take it a step further. If any of them are getting... Any financial aid in any which way, take it away from them. Okay? And one thing, Hamas are terrorists. Yes. They're They're just terrorists. Uh, it should go farther. Uh, we got to stop it someplace. we got to put our foot down. Now, you well, said and- you wrote papers when you were 16 and 17 years old, but you changed. Yep. But I don't think you are writing papers about terrorists when you were 16 or 17 years old. No, and that's a and 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 Richard, that is a great point because one of the things that uh, I I should mention is and a an emailer uh, Matt sent me a note as well. You know, it, it's one thing to be pro-choice. It's one thing to be I don't know whatever when you're young, pro open borders, illegal immigration, welcoming to everyone. Okay, it's it's one thing to to support these kinds of political movements, you know, different political ideologies, you know, Democrat, Republican, liberal, progressive, whatever. But you're right. I mean, this is butchering children. This this is terrorism. These are terror attacks where innocent people were slaughtered. And so I don't know if if you put your your name to a, a paper that says that, you know, we side with the bad guys on this one. I truly don't know if there's a, a way back from that because of what we saw in Israel weekend before last was so incredibly horrific. Got a lot more straight ahead. 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Top of the hour news is brought to you by Howes Products. Visit HowesProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, 
It's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. For Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. And the phone number is always 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. We have a number of stories that we're following for you this morning here on Red Eye Radio. Uh, by the way, Gary and Eric return uh, next Sunday, Sunday night, Monday morning. Uh, but the uh, stories that we're following, I mean, Israel, they still have their uh, 400,000 troops right there at the Gaza border. We also have Iran now saying that they may have to take preemptive action against Israel. The uh, Republicans may finally have a Speaker of the House later on this morning or today. There will be a vote uh, there in the House of Representatives. Uh, Jim Jordan has been making a lot of phone calls, uh, smiling and dialing, as we like to say, as he has been uh, really vying to uh, get himself named as Speaker of the House. And so we'll continue to cover that story for you as well. And a number of other things. Some polling has come out and uh, Joe Biden is uh, not doing well. Let's just put it that way. I've got uh, that story for you. Donald Trump is now saying that he's going to uh, bring back what uh, many call his Muslim ban. So just a a lot of stories. And this one just came out uh, from the Daily Mail. Alicia Keys. Oh, my Lord. You know, sometimes I I'm really wondering if some of these folks have half a brain at all. Now, an ongoing conversation that we're uh, holding here on Red Eye Radio this uh, morning is the uh, discussion about these uh, college students from Harvard and some other uh, colleges as well who are out there and uh, they're pro-Palestinian and uh, pro-Hamas. And so they have all signed these uh, letters, and this is uh, happening in some colleges, uh, particularly Harvard, where they're signing letters and these letters are anti-Israel and and pro-Palestine. You know, when we're in a moment in history, and this is, by the way, what happened weekend before last was a historical moment for Israel and for the world. And as this whole thing is shaping up, this could completely uh, reshape the Middle East. And you've got Iran that is threatening to uh, go after Israel and, and bomb Israel and Israel, of course, who, by the way, Israel is a nuclear power. And so this is something that could completely shift the Middle East. And so you have uh, you know all of these uh, students that have put their names to these letters that are anti-Israel and, and pro-Palestine. When you look at what happened weekend before last, the carnage, it just seems unconscionable to so many, including me. And so now we have CEOs that are out there saying, you know what, um, we want the names because we don't want to hire those people. And you have some conservatives or some Republicans that are saying that that is unfair because people do change and evolve over uh, time. But their views on uh, Israel right now at this moment in time where you have the mutilation and the murder of babies and all of the things that you know, we have talked about kidnapping and so forth there for a lot of folks. There's no coming back from that. I would tend to agree. You know, if uh, somebody's resume came across my desk and you know their name was on this list list, if I noted 
that they were from Harvard. And I and I looked at my list and I realized this is somebody that had put their name to paper and said, I am against Israel at a time when their babies have been uh, mutilated. That would be a very difficult hire for me to justify. And that is why you do have some of these uh, CEOs that are saying they want the list. And so I've, I've asked your opinion. I've got full phone lines right now, but and I've asked your opinion. Is that fair? Do people evolve over time? If you're a 19 year old and you put your name to to paper and you're part of group think. And then by the time you're 32, 33, 35 year old, you think, what the hell was I thinking? But it's a little hard to come back. It's a little hard to, you know, to come back from saying that you are against a country that uh, have just had their babies mutilated. And, um, you know, you're for the terrorists. It's just a little hard to come back from that. And enter Alicia Keys, who somehow thought that it would be a good career move to tweet out a picture of her wearing a um, wearing the, the colors of the Palestinian flag and saying that she wanted to take up paragliding. I've tweeted out the story from the Daily Mail. This is the headline. Alicia Keys is slammed for this sick ode to Hamas terror attacks on Israel after asking fans if she should take up paragliding before quickly deleting the posts and claiming it was completely unrelated to the brutal war. So she just... I, I want you to think about this, because I think that some of these folks that are that are anti-Israel and, and pro-Palestine, I just I, I don't think that they understand. What exactly it is that they are throwing their support behind. Because the terrorists paraglided in when they were paragliding in, they had their guns. And they started shooting innocent people at, for example, the music festival. Completely innocent and unarmed people. And they paraglided in Alicia Keys. And somehow, somehow, she thought that that was a good thing to tweet out. As she is wearing the colors of the Palestinian flag. An advocacy group suggested it was possible she was signaling her support for Hamas and made its ongoing war with Israel. I mean, do you just think she pulled out paragliding just, you know, out of her out of her rear? I mean, ever anybody who has been paying attention to this story knows about the situation with the terrorists paragliding in. And here's the thing. If you're pro-Palestinians, if you're pro-Hamas, if you're anti-Israel, well, then that's how you feel. Be proud of it. See how the rest of uh, the world feels about your support for this terrorist organization. Don't delete the post. You can see the story. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Mandis Show. I'm also on uh, Facebook and Instagram as well. Just an uh, amazing story. Of Alicia Keys, and uh, she is now getting absolutely slammed, quite frankly, as she should. To the phones we go. Uh, very quickly, this is Cher calling from Illinois on Red Eye Radio. Hey, Cher, how are you? I'm fine, and I like your delivery. It's nice to hear you. Thank you. Um, 
I I quite agree with the people who the CEOs who want these lists of people because actions have consequences, and what you believe you should be standing behind. However, how can you? You can think what you like about Palestine and the you know uh, the situation, but not now because of as. Uh, you mentioned, you know, because of the savage, heinous, criminally insane nature of Hamas's actions to Israel. And Israel is going in to try to root out Hamas. It's not trying, uh, although it was my understanding that Hamas was going to various uh, households and holding people at gunpoint, le- preventing them from leaving, which Israel asked them to do so they could get Hamas. Correct. And how people how people can be pro Hamas is beyond me. It's savagery. It's criminally insane. It's um, everything that. It's Good inhumane. It, it is inhumane. And, it is, you know, the, it is. The, it is. the only thing that, that I can say, and I can't defend people who are pro-Palestinians. Uh, I, I, I can't, and I'm not even going to try, because I don't understand it. The only thing that I can think of is that the people that are saying, you know, they are pro-Palestine uh, or pro-Palestinians, uh, they're not necessarily pro-Hamas. But the two go hand in hand. And, and as we talked about last night, as we spoke about last night, you know, oftentimes in in uh, in Gaza, when you see these attacks on Israel, you also see the uh, folks there in Gaza dancing in the streets. I, I, I talked about I spoke about a video that I saw where you had a, a mutilated dead body on the ground. You had these these uh, Palestinians literally dancing over the body in jubilee and celebration while the family of the uh, person that was lying dead and bloody on the ground was wailing and crying on their knees as their loved one lay dead on the ground. And so it's it's exactly. hard to get over those kinds of images. And so for me and, and I, I haven't I haven't seen some of these these big rallies for Palestine. I, I have not seen where they have come out and said, you know, down with Hamas or that they don't support these terror attacks. I have not seen that. Now, maybe some of you folks have. I have not. And so I just I have to assume that if you are pro-Palestine, that if you're not out there specifically condemning Hamas, you should be. Because Indeed, what Hamas did be. is horrific. Indeed, you well, you really should be. And if you don't want to be called pro-terrorist organization, then they should be out there saying Hamas does not stand for what we stand for. And we don't stand for what they did to Israel. But I just I have not seen that. And if I yeah. And if if folks no. have seen that, please let me know and share. I appreciate uh, the call very much. I want to say hello to uh, this is Michael in Indiana on Red Eye Radio. Michael, thanks for calling in. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, thanks. I'd like to put it simply as this. Uh, if and until these people evolve in their idealism, they will be a disruption in any workplace. Disruption in a workplace inhibits productivity. No CEO would want that. And I totally agree with 
blackballing or whatever you wish to call it, these college students which have been indoctrinated for four years or more, they're not going to change anytime soon. And Michael, I, and, and you're right about the indoctrination. And I mean, the indoctrination that we have seen in college campuses, uh, that is an age old discussion. And um, the, the colleges clearly are not doing their students any good. By the way, this headline from the Daily Mail, Berkeley law professor slamming students for anti-Semitic conduct on campus, telling law firms not to hire them. That's what this Berkeley law professor says. He says, it is your duty not to hire them. Guy's name is Stephen Davidoff Solomon, and he teaches corporate law at the University of California, UC Berkeley. Uh, Law Students for Justice in Palestine issued a statement justifying Hamas's terror attack back on October 7th. Solomon said they advocate hate and practice discrimination, adding, if a student endorses hatred, It isn't only your right, but your duty not to hire that person. By the way, one of the other stories that's uh, out there today, and I'll uh, share this with you in uh, the coming segments, is now you have some of these uh, donors who have been donating to their alma maters. They are so absolutely disgusted with what's been going on with these, um, you know, pro-Palestinian, anti-Israel Uh, protests and and demonstrations at these college campuses, they're saying we will no longer give to our alma mater. That is how disgusted people are. 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. This is Dan Mandis on Red Eye Radio. Brought to you by FPPF. Fuel Power Max. Owner-operators with authority generally have two options when it comes to sourcing freight. Brokers on the spot market or directly from the source, the shipper. As any trucker with relatively recent experience with spot freight knows, the highs of working the load boards can be really high. On the other side of that coin, however, when the market flips in favor of shippers, it can be tough to keep your business afloat working with brokers. The smallest carriers with direct customers, however, can hang on through tough times or even prosper as long as demand for their customer's product remains at least somewhat stable. Owner-operators in it for the long haul make direct business with customers a principal goal. Owner-operator business 101 is provided by Overdrive's Partners in Business program. Go to overdriveonline.com to the Partners in Business section of the website for more detail on this and many other topics. Brought to you by Shell Rotella. With advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED Eye is the phone number, 866-907-3339. By the way, the news continues. Uh, Dan Mandis, by the way, in for Gary and Eric, the uh, U.S. Department of Defense, has now issued a be-ready-to-deploy order uh, over the weekend in response to the Israel-Hamas war. President Biden, of course, uh, as we've been reporting to you, he is heading to uh, Israel on Wednesday, going into the war zone. 
I wonder how the uh, Secret Service and, and people within the Biden administration, I wonder if they believe that that's actually a, a good thing for the president to, to do. I, I, I do understand. I do understand that, you know, the president has to show solidarity with Benjamin Netanyahu. But, you know, I'm sitting here thinking that a, a trip uh, to Israel as they're in the midst of this situation with uh, Hamas, where they've got 400,000 troops getting ready to go in. You've got Iran threatening Israel, as we've been reporting to you. And now Joe Biden, who can't even find himself off of a stage. He doesn't know how doesn't even know how to get off of a stage. He is going to be going out to uh, Israel uh, in the middle of a war zone. I mean, I, I just I don't know the, the logic in this. And, and let's face it, Joe Biden is awfully feeble. There, there's no other way to say it. So I just I don't know if this is a good idea. But one of the things that I would say, and I, I did mention this last night as well, is, you know, I, I, I would love that as he is there with Bibi Netanyahu. I, I hope that, um, you know, he asks Biden the question about the uh, the Iranian missiles and about funding Iran and and about how uh, Joe Biden has, quite frankly, done everything he can possibly do to allow Iran to be able to attack Israel. And that's part of the news that I've been covering for you tonight. And that is that Iran is now saying that they may be taking preemptive action against Israel. And so, you know, and they said it could happen. This was a story from about, I think, 10 or 11 o'clock last night. So a few hours ago, depending on the time zone, um, where this was a story that broke a few hours ago. And they said within the next couple of hours. So literally, you've got Israel on pins and needles because, uh, you know, they could be seeing some some uh, rockets from Iran preemptively uh, being sent as Israel is getting ready to go into Gaza. And so it's just, you know, the world is watching Israel. The world is watching Iran. And uh, we continue to cover the news. I want to say hello to uh, this is Tom in Boston on Red Eye Radio. Tom, how are you? Hi, Dan. Dan, I just want to mention, uh, remember when Donald Trump picked Neil Gorsuch to be uh, to be a uh, justice? They went all the way back to his high school days, these rotten demon tracks. Oh, they, that's they a great him. point, Tom. That is a great point. Yeah. <laughs> that's about it. Uh, oh, all right. Thank you very much, Tom. I, uh, I appreciate it. Boy, he, he does. He brings up a great point. You know, when uh, when when Neil Gorsuch was uh, wanting to uh, be a Supreme Court justice, what did the uh, what did the Democrats do? What did the media do? They went all the way back to his high school days. Not only did they go back to his high school days, but they also, in my opinion, they conjured up all of these crazy accusations that couldn't be verified. And so as we sit here and, and we talk about if you're just joining us you know, the uh, question that I've posed to, uh, you know, folks listening is, OK, so you've got all of these college students signing their name to these uh, anti-Israel, pro-Palestinian uh, papers that are basically condemning Israel and blaming Israel for the terror attack against them. And now CEOs are saying, show us the names so that we will not hire them ever.
Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. Now, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. As I've been saying, there's a lot going on uh, tonight across America and the world. Jim Jordan is closing in on his quest to be Speaker of the House. We all know what's been going on with that. Gary and Eric, of course, stand in for Gary and Eric. Uh, They've done a great job of keeping you updated on all things as far as the Republican Party not uh, able to decide uh, collectively who should be their speaker. Kevin McCarthy was ousted. Well, it looks like there's going to be a big vote. Uh, It's going to be today, later on this morning. uh, There's going to be a big vote there in the House of Representatives, and they will be voting on whether or not Jim Jordan should replace uh, the ousted Kevin McCarthy as speaker. This is what Jordan said uh, earlier this evening when he was asked about all of this in Washington, D.C. We need to get a speaker tomorrow. Um, the American people deserve to have their Congress, their House of Representatives working. Um, and you can't have that happen to get a speaker. So we need to do that. Plus, we need to be helping Keep our, our dearest friend again. and colleague, uh, our, our dearest friend and, and closest ally, uh, Israel. We need to help them as well. Keep going over and over again. Tomorrow, you expect multiple roll calls? Well, look, tomorrow? I felt good walking into the conference. I feel even better now. we got a few more people we want to talk to. Listen to, uh, and then we'll have a vote tomorrow. And off he goes. Now, one of the things that Jordan has been doing is he has been making a lot of phone calls because, you know, it was just last night where I was telling you that there's a lot of these moderates who have no interest in Jordan, uh, Jim Jordan as a speaker. But he's been hitting the phones. He's been talking to a lot of folks and he's been converting, at least according to a lot of the stories that I have read that um, this is going to be his big moment. And it looks like uh, he may actually become the speaker after really, I'm not going to say he's been uh, twisting a lot of arms, but he has been making a lot of phone calls. Uh, We do need a speaker. That much is clear. Uh, Can Jordan overcome the math problem that Kevin McCarthy struggled with? Now, over time, I would say it did become clear that McCarthy had a Matt Gates problem. Gates, I think, felt like McCarthy didn't support him when he was going through all of the drama with those accusations of sex trafficking that he ultimately was cleared of uh, from the DOJ. They chose not to charge him. But when Gates was going through all of that drama, Gates felt like, at least uh, from some of the things that I've read, Gates felt like McCarthy didn't support him. And Gates never forgave him for that. And so for McCarthy, I mean, when it takes, what was it, 15 rounds for McCarthy to finally be confirmed as speaker, it was only a matter of time. And so now, as uh, McCarthy has been ousted, now it was Steve Scalise, and he, of course, bowed out. And now it's uh, Jim Jordan's turn. The big question is, how does Matt Gates feel about Jim Jordan? Because Gates was, of course, as everyone knows, the big instigator as it uh, relates to McCarthy being uh, bounced. And so how does Matt Gates feel about Jim Jordan? Yeah, I think that a lot of people chose to support Jim Jordan when they spent more time with Jim Jordan. He has an exquisite uh, you know, complement of leadership skills. And I think that as folks got to see what he would do to bring our conference together, it gave him greater comfort that he's the right man for the job. What do you think it means to have somebody who has been viewed for years as a conservative outsider uh, 
founder of the Freedom Caucus, now on the cusp of winning the speakership. Well, it's, it's very exciting that Jim Jordan's our speaker designate. I think he's got a great chance to be elected speaker tomorrow, and I think it's going to excite a lot of, of Republicans throughout the country. I think it's going to help us win elections, and he's just a tremendous leader and a tremendous communicator, and I'm very excited for him. Listen, I, I, am, I am a big a Jim Jordan fan. I am a big Jim Jordan fan. I, I love his politics. I, I really like his ability to communicate. I always felt like Kevin McCarthy was a little too mealy mouthed. You know what I mean? He just he, he he wasn't strong and he didn't it didn't feel like he was a leader. Now, Jim Jordan, I mean this is a guy who he he is the personification of rolling up your sleeves and getting stuff done. But realize it's a lot easier to talk a big game but when it comes down to delivering and dealing with the moderates and dealing with the conservatives and most certainly dealing with the Democrats as well, especially with such a, a slim majority that the Republicans have, there's going to be a lot of tap dancing that um, Jim Jordan is going to have to do if he does become speaker. Uh, Jordan must now try and round up 217 of the 221 House Republicans to back him on a floor vote. Again, that vote is going to happen later on today. While some have said that they would oppose him, others appear to be relenting and announcing that they will get behind his bid. Now, the Democrats and uh, the activists in the media, they are already licking their chops. They have an ad ready to go once Jim Jordan becomes speaker. Listen to this. Right now, the leading contender to become speaker and second in line of the presidency is a co-founder of the far-right House Freedom Caucus, election denier, MAGA extremist, who's arguably the member of Congress most involved in Donald Trump's attempted coup. Here is Jordan in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, attending a Stop the Steal rally two days after Election Day. In the weeks and months after that, Jordan went on various right-wing media outlets where he attempted to sow distrust in the 2020 election and made baseless claims of election fraud. Jim Jordan knew more about what Donald Trump had planned for January 6th than any other member of the House of Representatives. But Jim Jordan was privy to nearly everything, if not everything, about and pertaining to January 6th. Jim Jordan can't be trusted with the Constitution. Anyone who endorses Jordan and any member who votes for him is affirmatively voting for a coup plotter, an election denier, and a foe of American democracy. I'm sorry, but can I just ask a question? Aren't we all a little over the, um, aren't we all a little over the whole election denier, coup, January 6th narrative uh, from the left in the media? I mean, Joe Biden has literally funded Iran's attack of uh, Iran funding Hamas as they attacked Israel. That is what Joe Biden did. He funded that attack. He's also left us open to our own attacks with the wide open southern border. Don't get me going on the economy. Don't get me going on the disastrous pullout of Afghanistan. In other words, is that all that you wing nuts on the left have? Is talking about January 6th? Because I don't know if if these folks on the left, I don't know if they understand this, but the American people have clearly moved on. 
And, you know, when Jim Jordan talks about the state of America today, when Jim Jordan talks about what the uh, Democrat Party stands for. And the reality that those of us, either if you are a conservative, if you are a moderate, even if you're an independent and you're dealing with this absolute lunacy that we're seeing coming from the Democrat Party and their partners in the mainstream media. Jim Jordan is right. This is a moment for the Republicans uh, of all shades of red to come together to combat the craziness of the uh, left and the media and what is going on in America today. Where the left wants to take the country is crazy. They want to defund the police. They want boys to compete against girls in sports. They think non-citizens should vote. They, they thought it was okay to let a Chinese spy balloon fly clear across the country and then shoot it down. I don't know about you, but I, the people I represent thought that was crazy. So that's what we got to stop. And if we're not unified, I don't know how we... Well, that's exactly right. If we're not unified, don't know how we deal with all of this insanity that uh, the left is bringing us. And and so one of the things that uh, Jordan will talk about, no doubt, is everything that the left has been doing. As we talk about what's going on in Israel, for example, I've got more on Jim Jordan coming up here on Red Eye Radio. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. To the phones we go. Let's see here. This is Paul calling from Pennsylvania on Red Eye Radio. Hey, Paul, how are you? Um, really well. I have three points. Number one, evil like Hamas must be rooted out like a weed with all of its roots or it will continue to grow. And it probably will anyway. But we have to do what we can do. To stop them. You agree? I absolutely agree. Now, secondly, every issue almost is way too complex for any of us, yourself, whose profession is to know stuff and you have time to read because it's your job. And professors have time to read and that's their job. Some of them are ridiculous stupid and wrong most of them know better than most of us and you know why average joes and janes got jobs to do children mortgages we don't have time to even read the newspaper maybe a news feed from the uh media you know the the, the smartphone right so and you okay now here's the point the third one well no just go ahead um we're going to kill Thousands of civilians, innocent civilians of, of Palestine to get rid of Hamas. We're in a nuclear world, not like when we dropped the two bombs in Japan, which right. we had to do. So if we start to do something, which we have to do, it's entirely likely that Iran will send out nuclear weapons, uh, Israel will send them back. And we try to stop it with our two carrier fleets. China will probably send, and we'll be we'll be having a nuclear war, which will kill millions of us, innocent children. And what are we going to do? We're not perfect. We can't, but we got to stop them. Now, the last thing I'm going to say is, the majority, 98 percent. I'm just picking that out. It could be 95. Could be 91. 
of the people in Palestine are men, women, and children that only want to live in peace. And they're forced by Hamas, the evil people, to do what they do. However, Israel has forced the Palestinian people to be in an area too small for them. They've taken away some of the land, which was the, 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 the West Bank. Well, okay, so, so Paul, so Paul, let me let me just stop you there. And I, I don't want to go over thousands of years of history, but Israel has agreed to multiple negotiations and agreed to multiple agreements only to have in the end Hamas and the Palestinians and the entire Middle East come back and say no to those agreements. They also believe that Israel should not exist. But you see, Paul, to me, and I'm not going to argue, again, thousands of years of history, because to me, if you're Israel, who they have negotiated in good faith, but if you're Israel, how do you negotiate with sides that feel like you uh, should not exist? But all you've got to put all of that aside, Paul, because what happened a weekend before last, that was not a, uh, you know, a, a battle between states. This was Israel, the victim of a terror attack. And so that's the conversation now. This is Hamas going in and, and brutally murdering well over a thousand people. And so they have to do this. And by the way, the United States and Israel, they have been advocating for and they have given people of Gaza a way out. They've also done everything that they could do to try and get supplies in, aid in. That is what the United States and Israel is doing to try to help these folks. So, I mean, Paul, I, I'm just I'm going to tell you, if you're looking for a way to demonize Israel and all this, you're not going to get a welcome ear from me because I believe that Israel has done everything they can possibly do in this situation. And yet they are attacked over and over again by these nations that feel like they should not exist. You cannot negotiate, and yet they try, but you can't negotiate with uh, these other countries and these other groups that have that feeling about you, Paul. 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Six six ninety red eye is the phone number eight six six nine zero seven thirty three thirty nine. Dan Mandis here in for Gary and Eric. They return uh, next Sunday night, Monday morning, and you can find out more about me on the Dan Mandis Show Facebook page. I'm also on uh, Twitter and uh, now known as X, and I'm um, also on uh, Instagram. If you'd like to follow me there as well, I host a morning show in Nashville, Tennessee. On Super Talk 99.7 WTN. You can find out more about that show at 99.7WTN.com. You can also find us, by the way, we have a video of my morning show, and you can find that on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter as well. 86690 Red Eye is the phone number. Got more of your calls coming up next right here on Red Eye Radio.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America studios, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. Phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. So much news to um, keep you up to date on this evening and this morning. Uh, Iran is uh, threatening Israel with preemptive strikes if Israel goes into uh, Gaza. So Iran uh, hours ago now said that uh, they could bomb Israel at any time. So this is uh, one of the many stories that we're following for you. You've still got 400,000 Israeli troops right there on the border with Gaza. You have uh, aid that is coming uh, courtesy of Israel and the United States uh, into uh, Gaza and the people of Gaza as well as they try to flee. And uh, there is just a lot going on. The uh, border with Egypt, of course, as you may or may not know, it was open, then it was closed, and then it was open again. I'm not sure what exactly is going on right now uh, there as the people in Gaza tried to flee. Remember, too, and I had a guy arguing with me uh, in the previous hour. uh, Remember, too, that, you know, part of what's going on in in Gaza is you have uh, Hamas and they were not allowing a lot of folks to leave the area because, of course, as you know, uh, Hamas likes their human shields. And so there is a lot going on. President Biden is going to uh, be going to uh, Israel on Wednesday. So that's going to happen tomorrow. The president uh, wading into a war zone, which should be interesting because, of course, as everyone knows, the president just a little feeble uh, these days and he can't even find himself off of a stage, let alone going to Israel. And so we'll have to see how that whole thing plays out. Uh, There is just so much going on. Uh, One of the things that I'm going to continue to cover, I played a lot of audio for you uh, from this interview that uh, Scott Pelley did with President Biden. I played you a lot of the audio yesterday. Uh, There is a piece of audio, a couple of pieces of audio, actually, that I did not get to. And I want to play this for you. Because I think that it shows you how absolutely clueless the president is about how the American people feel when they talk about whether or not the American people want Joe Biden to run again. Are you sure that you want to run again? Yes, because I'm sure. Look, when I ran, I said the world's at an inflection point. The world's changing. But we have an opportunity to make it. So imagine if we were able to succeed in getting the Middle East put in place where we have normalization of relations. I think we can do that. Mm-hmm. Imagine what happens if we, in fact, unite all of Europe and Putin is finally put down where he cannot cause the kind of trouble he's been causing. We have enormous opportunities. Are you sure that you want to run again? And so that is, again, uh, Joe Biden and Scott Pelley. And, you know, as Biden is talking about all of the things that he wants to do and all of the things that uh, are opportunities for him as uh, he eyes a possible second term, you know, he speaks about all of this greatness on the world stage, not a word about the American people. 
You know, I was listening to that and I'm listening to it and I'm thinking, okay, but what about America? You know, you talk about the Middle East, you talk about what's going on with Europe, you talk about putting Vladimir Putin down. And not once did he mention the American people and what we've been experiencing over the past, uh, you know, two and a half, three years. I mean, do the American people even want Joe Biden running again? I, I can't imagine with the latest situation where he is arming Iran and then they send the, the, the money and the bombs and whatever it is to Hamas. The Democrats, do they really want Joe Biden running again? Because it is my opinion that the more people realize that Joe Biden armed Iran in a number of different ways. They'll realize that this was yet another epic screw up in, you know, a long string of epic screw ups from Joe Biden. I mean, yesterday we talked about how the American people said that they disapprove of him arming Iran, not enforcing those sanctions. This is another Afghanistan as far as I'm concerned. Latest polling shows 64 percent of Americans feel like we here in America Our country is going in the wrong direction. Joe Biden's job disapproval rate is 54 percent. He is underwater on literally every single issue. You know, that's probably in that audio bite that I played where he is talking to uh, Scott Pelley, where he talks about, you know, uniting the Middle East um, and, and putting Vladimir Putin down. And some of the things that he wants to do. And he talks about the opportunities on the world stage. It's no wonder he has nothing to say about what's going on here in America, because he knows that the American people are really angry with his administration. And that does show in the polling. ABC News has a new uh, has a new round of of poll out polling out on these uh, various issues. Only 26 percent approve of his job on the border and immigration and border security. I'm going to repeat that. Only 28% approve of Joe Biden and what he's done with the border. Janet Yellen, by the way, I I don't know what she's smoking, but uh, she was uh, the economy, of course, has been brought up in this uh, polling and vast, vast majority of the American people Uh, feel like the economy is going in the wrong direction and they are holding Joe Biden accountable. They disapprove of the way the president is handling the economy. This is what Janet Yellen had to say. This is part of it. Again, Janet Yellen. And here's that audio. Look, the American economy is doing extremely well. Um, Inflation has been high and it's been a concern to households. It's come down considerably. At the same time, we have about the strongest labor market we've seen in 50 years with 3.8% unemployment. And at the same time, um, America, the Biden administration, has passed legislation that is strengthening our economy um, in the years to come for the medium term. Yeah, you know, people aren't buying it. And and I can sit here and and you know blow holes through everything that Janet Yellen said. 
But the truth of the matter is we still, by the way, 29 percent approval on inflation. Underwater. By a huge amount. And so for the president, there is nowhere to rest your eyes, whether it is how he's handled inflation, whether he has handled uh, the economy overall, how he's handled immigration and border security. We have more than 60 percent of Americans living paycheck to paycheck. And last year, with inflation at, you know, upwards towards nine percent, over nine percent, it decimated savings. And Janet Yellen is right. Uh, inflation has gone down. But you know, I don't think that's anything that the president actually did. And when she talks about the labor market, we still have real wages that are not keeping up with that inflation. Even though, yes, inflation has gone down, people are still recovering from what happened in uh, last year when inflation was so high. Decimated savings accounts is what people are dealing with right now. Interest rates are really high. Housing is even more of an issue these days because of those interest rates. People had to put a lot of their spending on credit cards. They're dealing with that as well. So no matter where you look, Joe Biden is not doing well in the polls. 41% approve of the Israel-Hamas war and his handling of that war. 41% approve on the Ukraine-Russian war. 39% approve of his handling of abortion. 39% approve of his handling of climate change. Only 36% approve of his job on the economy. 33% approval on Iran. And I believe that the numbers are going to go down. I think that that approval rating for the Israel-Hamas war, I think that that number is going to go down. I think the number of uh, people who approve of his handling of Iran is also going to go down as people become more educated on what this president did. By the way, a great article on uh, the president and how he is going to have some troubles in Pennsylvania that I'll be sharing with you before the uh, end of the hour right here on Red Eye Radio, where the phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE. 866-907-3339. That's where we find Paul in Idaho. Paul, thanks for calling in. Go ahead. Thanks for taking my call. That's a lot you have, we have to unwrap that you gave us. Um, yeah, the, the uh, issue with Iran having the sanctions lifted did many different things, not just enable Iran to purchase weapons, but but also give much-needed oil to the Chinese. Now, I'm I'm kind of leaning towards Joe is is been compromised by the Chinese for a long time. Right. That's what I believe. And by me saying that, that was a deal that he made with the Chinese, not just the Iranians for the Chinese to buy their oil from Iran, which enabled them to sell the arms that they needed for the bad actors in that part of the world. Well, isn't uh, isn't that, uh, Paul, 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 let me say this real quick and then I'll let you continue, but isn't that what Joe Biden uh, does? I mean, he's been making our enemies stronger. And uh, whether it is uh, Iran, whether it's China, this is what uh, Joe Biden does. He puts other nations before America. 
Look what he's doing on the border and all of these folks coming across our southern border. Everything that he does, it seems like he is hell bent on making America weaker and other nations stronger. That is exactly what he's doing, unless there are allies, which is, of course, Israel. Go ahead. Yeah, I just that, that's just the one thing that I I have a difficult time with the people in his administration, especially his secretary of state. I believe it's kind of watching Neville Chamberlain 2.0 90 years later. And I appreciate and, and Paul, I appreciate the call running late for a break, but you bring up great points. More of your calls coming up next. 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. This is Dan Mandis on Red Eye Radio. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. By the way, this is in the news. Belgian cops shoot and arrest a suspect following a manhunt for an ISIS fanatic, an illegal migrant who killed two Swedish football fans with an automatic rifle to avenge the death of a U.S.-Palestinian boy who was killed at the age of six years old. I'm going to get more into that story straight ahead on Red Eye Radio. I want to say hello, though, too. got a lot of people that have been waiting for a long time, so I want to get to some of these calls. Uh, this is Michael calling from Knoxville, Tennessee, on Red Eye Radio. Hey, Michael, how are you? Greetings and salutations, Dan, from the prettiest part of the state. <laughs> for those folks who don't know, that was a slam against Nashville, which is where I'm from, and you've got Michael out there in Knoxville. I will agree that Knoxville yes. is amazing. So thank you very much. Well, go ahead yes. with your comment. We're over here where everything's like really nice as opposed to so congested and overblown since everybody's moving to Tennessee, thanks to the taxes. There you go. Well, that's why we love Tennessee, right? Uh, yes. And before I get rolling with my topic, I wanted to say uh, if listener caller share is still listening she needs her own nighttime radio show like uh vera on alice and when she was nightingale her voice is a perfect radio voice yeah she did she had it for those who uh folks uh you want to rewind if you're listening to the podcast go find share i think she was one of the first calls i took but anyway go ahead uh mike with your comment yeah, anyway she was great uh and then next point uh Drinking word of the day, unequivocally. What was the what was the drinking word of the day? Unequivocally. Okay, expand with Israel unequivocally. We do this unequivocally. That that's like the word of the day. Yeah, well, and and you know the interesting thing is, and Michael, I appreciate uh, the call. They say that, and I understand that they say that. Yet at the same time. Uh, what did they do? What did the Biden administration do? They they armed Hamas through Iran. So it's really easy to use that term unequivocally. But at the same time, their actions speak far, far louder than that one word. And, Michael, I do appreciate the call. This is Talbot in uh, Fort Worth, Texas, on Red Eye Radio. Talbot, how are you? I am doing outstanding, sir. 
I wanted to compliment you on handling. We're going way back to the beginning of your show, uh, where you're a you were a flaming liberal, and then now you're a conservative. I I appreciate the fact that you're so level-handed with with all this because I was in the col I was in college in the '80s, and I I never really had to experience that. But anyway, um, I moved on. I became a Marine, and now I'm scared to death. Not scared to death. Nothing scares me, but um, this whole this thing's gonna blow up. Yeah, and I I really really don't want to see as much bloodshed as I think is going to come about. Um, we, we really jarheads don't know any other way other than white people out, but I, the Hamas thing, Marines, my Marines would never do what Hamas does. They would offer you a bottle of water and share their rations with you. Mm-hmm. If you were not trying to kill them. Right. And well, so that's exactly right. It, it's so alien to me that these people are just animals. I, I don't I don't get it. I, my Marines are tough and they'll do whatever. But, well, but, but realize, you but, but are Talbot, 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 if I may realize, though, that, you know, our Marines are, are not going in to kill anybody. That's what Israel is going to do. But. Uh, what I will also say is that you're right. The Hamas, they're animals. And the people in Palestine who celebrate when the Israelis are killed or when America is attacked or when uh, Western nations you know, fall victim to terror attacks, which does happen often. And you're right. It, it is so foreign to Americans who, you know, by and large, we have good hearts. We we uh, do everything we can to embrace peace. And, and I think that's also, uh, Talbot, why so many people are, are so disgusted with these uh, pro-Palestinian, uh, pro-Hamas demonstrations that we're seeing on college campuses. I mean, people are really, as they should, in my opinion, reacting negatively to these, um, to these demonstrations because of what we know that happened to our allies, the Israelis. It, it is something that is so foreign. Unfortunately, though, it this is, is something... To me yeah. That, yeah. that people act that way. I, I just don't get it. But And by the way, Dan, I, I think I hear you on uh, one of the big stations here in DFW, Dallas-Fort Worth, um, periodically. I on occasion so. fill in on WBAP. It's a, it's a great radio station as well. And you do a great job. I love listening to you. But I'm telling you that that my Marines would never act that way. And we are we we will terminate you with extreme prejudice if you're trying to hurt us. But other than that, you know, we'll we'll share our rations and water with you. You know, it's just well, there there is no doubt, uh, Talbot, that we here in America have um, the greatest military in the world. And I appreciate your service, Talbot. Thank you for the kind words. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE. Dan Mann is here, 866-907-3339. This is Red Eye Radio.
Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. Now for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. Appreciate you being here, and uh, there is a lot going on. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. Uh, big news out there today. And I, I don't know exactly why this is big news, but uh, there are a lot of people talking about this. Alicia Keys, the um, singer, being slabbed, slammed now for, quote, a sick ode to Hamas terror attacks on Israel. And I just... You ever just wonder, what the hell were they thinking? So she thought it would be a great idea to post a picture of herself wearing the colors of the Palestinian flag and say that she was uh, considering taking up paragliding. Now, as you know, the terrorists who paraglided into Israel and then started killing innocent people, including babies, they paraglided in. So I'm sitting here and, I, and I'm reading this story. And this is kind of where we, we left off in the previous a segment talking about how Americans are so incredibly appalled. At those that are seemingly supporting these attacks. And is she in that much of a bubble? I, I guess. And by the way, she immediately regretted it and, and took down the tweet. And said, oh, no, 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 this had nothing to do with the terror attack. It was completely unrelated. Really? Either she's lying or she's incredibly stupid. So I tweeted that out. Alicia Keys is slammed for sick ode to Hamas terror attacks on Israel, asking fans if she should start paragliding. And she deleted the post and, of course, again, Uh, She was wearing the colors of the Palestinian flag. So I I don't get it. I don't know why anyone would possibly think that that's a good idea. But that is one of uh, many stories that we are covering for you this morning on uh, Red Eye Radio. One of the other stories you're going to be hearing a lot about, and I haven't gotten to yet this morning, is uh, former President Donald Trump. And the reason why I want to warn you about this story is because there's going to be a lot of misinformation out there on what the president wants to do. But he was in, I think it was Iowa, and uh, this was last night. And he said that he's going to bring back, and I'm going to put this in air quotes, he's going to bring back the Muslim ban. This is Donald Trump. But as I've already said many, many times before, I will immediately reinstate and expand the wildly successful Trump travel ban on entry from terror play countries, territories, and places. We're going to, we're going to, they ended it. They ended it. And it just kept us safe. We wouldn't let people come in from certain countries where there's tremendous terror. Makes sense, right? If you're coming from somewhere full of people who want to kill Americans, we will not let you in. We worked very hard on that. Now, let me tell you something. The media will call this, and I've, I've already been, you know, reading all about it, and they're all using the headline Muslim ban. But it's not a Muslim ban. It is a travel ban. And you heard the president uh, call it a travel ban. And so you remember what he did. Uh, Former President Donald Trump, when he was in office, he decided, okay, you know what? There's all these different countries that are out there, and they're filled with people who hate America. And they're riddled with terrorism. 
Iran, Iraq, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, and Yemen. And it was a travel ban, but what it really was, more of like a pause, because his original travel ban uh, for the seven majority Muslim countries was for 90 days with certain exceptions. They also suspended refugee resettlement for 120 days and banned Syrian refugees indefinitely. But there was a reason for that, and it had nothing to do with the fact that these folks were Muslim. It had everything to do with the fact that they were from countries where these Muslims wanted to kill Americans. And so for the uh, former president, as he was uh, giving this speech, this brought a huge round of applause. You know why? Because right now we saw what happened in Israel. And so when Donald Trump tells the crowd, I'm going to bring back the travel ban, and it's a it's a big applause point. Well, well, there's a reason why, because right now we've got all of these people coming across our southern border, and we have no idea where they're from, who they are, or what they're going to do. And Joe Biden is just letting it all happen. But the media is going to call this the Muslim ban because they already are. And and when you if you've got a liberal friend and they say, oh, I see that, uh, you know, the orange man is bringing back the uh, Muslim ban. Here's what you say to them. You say, no, it's not a Muslim ban, because if it really was a Muslim ban, then he would also have banned people coming in from Indonesia. And there are 213 million Muslims there. India. 200 million Muslims, Pakistan, 212, Bangladesh with 154, Egypt with 90 million. I think you get my point. If this really was a Muslim ban, well, then the president would have banned people from all of those countries. But he didn't. By the way, eventually he added Venezuela, North Korea, But he also removed Sudan, Chad, and Iraq. But the reason why the president is doing this is because of what we saw in Israel. And let me tell you something. I I, I hate to say this, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but we are going to begin to see uh, terror attacks again. Remember... When and I do realize if you're a Donald Trump supporter, this almost sounds cliche at this point. But remember when it was Donald Trump that was going to tweet us into World War Three? Nothing ever happened. I mean, Vladimir Putin wasn't invading countries. Hamas wasn't invading Israel the way that they did paragliding in. We had our boots on the neck of Iran. They weren't funding a a lot of terrorist uh, attacks when Donald Trump was president. You know why? Because Trump had the sanctions, sanctions in place and he enforced the sanctions. Because anytime you make Iran stronger, you're funding terrorism. And that's what 
Joe Biden has done. So I guarantee you that you're going to see a whole lot of hand wringing. But for Donald Trump, it makes perfect sense for him to bring back the travel ban. And, and, and for the um, for the media and, and for the Democrats and and all these uh, people that hate Donald Trump, even some of these uh, Republicans that hate Donald Trump, you know, the never Trumpers. They'll say the president is back to his racist ways. But uh, clearly that is so that is a talking point that is so easily refuted with just a statement of the facts. Now, uh, Joe Biden is going to be going to the um, Middle East. He's going to be going to Israel uh, on Wednesday. And um, I I guess the question is, and a lot of people are asking this question, is this really a, a, a smart thing for the president to do? You know, as I've been saying uh, all evening long now, this is a president who can't even find his way off of a stage. And it would be a great coup for Iran, who this morning is threatening Israel with preemptive action as they've got 400,000 troops on the border with uh, Gaza. It would be a great coup for Iran to take out our president. Of course, he's been funding. I guess I'm going to answer my own question. Why would Iran want to take out Joe Biden? He's been funding them with uh, lifted sanctions and six point five billion dollars in, you know, uh, uh, hostage negotiations. And so, you know, it doesn't actually now that I'm hearing myself talk, I I just don't really think that Iran would want to take out uh, Joe Biden because he is uh, a friend of Iran. But this is what Antony Blinken had to say about why it is the president is going uh, to Israel. On Wednesday, President Biden will visit Israel. He's coming here at a critical moment for Israel, for the region, and for the world. And he's coming here to do the following. First, the president will reaffirm the United States' solidarity with Israel and our ironclad commitment to its security. So, you know, right there, and I'm sorry, but I've got to stop. Because what did I just talk about? Joe Biden funding Iran. So when you've got Antony Blinken and all of these other people from the Biden administration, and they're all saying the same darn thing about their support of Israel. Well, you know, words don't necessarily mean a lot when your actions speak far louder than words. And what has Joe Biden done? I just told you. Funding Iran so that Iran has all of the missiles they need to attack Israel and and of course, Uh, fund Hamas and fuel uh, terrorist activity. That is what Joe Biden has done. So when you've got Antony Blinken says, oh, yeah, we support Israel, you really don't. President Biden will again make clear, as he's done unequivocally since Hamas's slaughter of more than 1,400 people, including at least 30 Americans, that Israel has the right and indeed the duty to defend its people from Hamas and other terrorists and to prevent future attacks. President will hear from Israel what it needs to defend its people as we continue to work with Congress to meet those needs. Ooh, I, I've, I've got one. I've got one. What does Israel need from America to prevent further attacks and to keep Israel safe? Um, how about not funding terrorism, which is what Joe Biden has been doing? Just a thought. President Biden will underscore our crystal clear message to any actor state or non-state, trying to take advantage of this crisis to attack Israel. Don't. 
To that end, he's deployed two aircraft carrier groups and other military assets to the region. Third, the President will continue to coordinate closely with our Israeli partners to secure the release of hostages taken by Hamas, including men, women, small children, Holocaust survivors, and American citizens as an indispensable humanitarian effort. Fourth, President Biden will receive a comprehensive brief mm -hmm. on Israel's war aims and strategy. Fifth, the President will hear from Israel how it will conduct its operations in a way that minimizes civilian casualties and enables humanitarian assistance to flow to civilians in Gaza in a way that does not benefit Hamas. All right, so that is... <laughs> I just, you know what the thing is? Is that when, when you know the truth, when you know what Biden has done to facilitate terrorism uh, courtesy of Iran, it's hard to take any of this seriously. And so I, I challenge any member of the White House press corps. And listen, folks, if you are listening out there on uh, WMAL in Washington, D.C., if you're going to be traveling with the president to Israel, I challenge one of you, please. Ask Benjamin Netanyahu if he feels like Joe Biden should be apologizing to Israel. Does Joe Biden owe an apology to Israel for funding Iran? Israel's main enemy, one of Israel's main enemies. Because it seems to me like it is obvious that Joe Biden does have some explaining to do. The question is, will Benjamin Netanyahu hold Joe Biden accountable? So I would love one of the members of the uh, you know White House press corps that may be traveling with the president. Ask Joe Biden if he feels like he owes Benjamin Netanyahu an apology. Ask Benjamin Netanyahu, does Joe Biden owe you an apology for funding Iran? Who then funds Hamas terrorists, who then paraglide into uh, Israel and, and butchers babies and kills innocent people? Inquiring minds want to know. 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. This is Dan Mandis on Red Eye Radio. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Eight six six ninety red eyes a phone number eight six six nine zero seven thirty three thirty nine by the way also in the news today Hamas has released a disturbing video of an Israeli hostage twenty one years old kidnapped from that music festival and she is begging she is pleading bring me home to my family as soon as possible and so this is um, one of more than likely several uh, hostage videos that we'll be seeing in the days ahead. And I'll cover that story for you uh, in more detail coming up here on Red Eye Radio. Again, the phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. My name is Dan Mendes. I host a morning show in Nashville, Tennessee on Super Talk 99.7 WTN. You can find me on the shows on the socials at Dan Mendes Show.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. For Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. 866-907-3339, 866-90-RED-EYE, Dan here. Indeed, the um, regular hosts, Eric and Gary, they are going to return next Sunday night, Monday morning. Always appreciate you listening to Red Eye Radio, and I always appreciate the opportunity to uh, guest host here on Red Eye Radio. There is a a couple of horrifying stories that uh, are unfortunately connected. Uh, there has been a a terror attack in uh, Brussels. I'm going to share this with you uh, very quickly, and it is connected uh, to a attack here in America. I don't know if I'd call it a, wouldn't a terror attack would happen in, in Chicago, but let, let's get into this a little bit. Uh, a, a guy in um, a guy in Brussels was uh, avenging the attack that we uh, p- perhaps you've heard about this in Chicago. Horrible story of a six year old who was murdered in Chicago and he was murdered by his landlord. So the the boy's mother, the six year old uh, boy and his mother, they they lived in this home. And they're from Palestine and they'd come to Chicago to uh, live a better life. And so the landlord just lost it. The guy's name is uh, Joseph Zuba. And uh, he allegedly stabbed little Wadia Al-Fayoum, six years old, to death. Just a horrible story. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And, and so what they're saying is that this, um, this guy, he just was paranoid about uh, the day of jihad. That was um, last, I think it was a Friday. It was the day of jihad. I think it was Friday, Friday the 13th. As a matter of fact, and so he's he's watching the coverage, and he just he, he lost it. They they say his uh, his relatives, his wife uh, says that Zuba just he lost it. He's seventy one years old. He became increasingly worried about uh, what was going to happen on the day of jihad, and he did what he allegedly did. Uh, there's nobody who is, I guess I have to say allegedly, but uh, nobody's denying that he did. What he did. But but here's what's interesting. When no attacks occurred on Friday, the uh, 13th, on the day of jihad here in America, uh, no attacks occurred. His wife says that he became even more frightened. That one would happen, an attack would happen in the following days. And so he withdrew a thousand dollars in cash from the bank, claiming the grid was going to go down and he became increasingly worried again as he listened to a coverage of the war in um, Israel and Gaza. But here's the thing. Is that you now have people who are trying to uh, blame the media and politicians for this um, anti-Palestinian rhetoric. And so I guess I'm I'm trying to wrap my heart, my my head around that because it, it was a Hamas leader 
who literally called for a worldwide day of jihad. And so, of course, the media is going to cover that and they're going to cover that extensively because people have a right to know uh, what is going on and what could possibly happen. I mean, a teacher was killed. I think it was in France. And so I just I don't I don't believe that you have a situation where this guy was. um, You're not justifying what he did by any stretch of the imagination, but to blame the media and to blame the politicians for what he the individual did. I mean, he himself is to blame for what he did Uh, going after the media, going after uh, politicians. You know, it's sort of what these activist groups do. What this guy did was absolutely heinous, and and he deserves every bit of you know punishment uh, once he's had his trial and everything else. But he deserves every bit of punishment that he gets. It's Illinois, pretty sure that Illinois doesn't have the death penalty, but it's an incredibly sad story all the way around. This kid, you know, one of the pictures of uh, Little Wadea uh, was him holding an American flag. I mean, as far as I can tell, his his family, his mother, who was also stabbed, they loved America. They came to America looking for a better life. And this 71 year old Joseph Zuba, who. For whatever reason, I think the guy just snapped. Did what he did. But I don't think that you can blame the the media for covering this day of jihad because this is something that the Hamas leader did. I I would ask the question of those people that are uh, criticizing the media for apparently covering the day of jihad. uh, What about Hamas? And what about the fact that this uh, Hamas leader called for the day of jihad? Do you have anything to say to him? Because he's the one that called for the day of jihad. That's what the media was reporting. And that's what uh, this landlord, Joseph Zuba, was uh, reacting to when he horrifically stabbed this kid to death. It's an awful, awful story. But I just don't see how you can, you know, blame the coverage, because if it was the coverage to blame, well, then you would see this kind of thing happening all across the country. This guy was obviously, you know, again, 71 years old, and you don't know what was going on in his head. I mean, my assumption would be that there is something else going on because um, most normal and rational, rational people, actually all normal and rational people don't react by killing an innocent six year old. So I think this guy probably had some mental illness. And so it's one of those things that for um, for the, the family of this little boy, this six-year-old, they're heartbroken. And it is a very, very sad story. But I think that it personifies uh, what is going on in this country. Where, unfortunately, we have a society now that is on edge. Definitely on edge because of everything that we're going through. 
the conversations we're having, the fear that we have, what's coming across our southern border. Is there going to be terror attacks, you know, here in America? All of these things. But killing children and attacking innocent people is is obviously not the answer. And so now this guy is going to be charged with a murder, obviously, clearly. And uh, he was taken in without incident. It looks like uh, the mom is going to be okay, And and that is good news. And again, a terrible story and one that um, a lot of folks are talking about and will be talking about uh, in uh, years to come. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. I got a lot of people waiting on hold. Let's say hello to this is Vern uh, calling from uh, Texas on Red Eye Radio. Vern, thanks for calling in. Go ahead. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I literally live uh, one direction is 60 miles from Mexico. The other direction is 90 miles toward Del Rio. Um, I, I wanted to talk about the the, the video I saw on, on TV today about the these fully dressed um, Palestinians are going up to this house in in, in, uh, in Israel, and and they're sneaking up there with their AK forty sevens, and and they're shooting everybody, and and you know they're they're glorifying the fact that you know they're they're killing Jews or whatever. Um, and I saw that they're shooting through the porta potties at, at the at the at the music festival or whatever. I just wish they would come around here, everybody around here. And I'm not talking about a few people. Everybody around here doesn't have one gun. They have 20, okay? Yeah. Uh, I can't believe that the, I've been a student of history all my life. And, and it used to be, you know, there's a book called The Yom Kippur War. Everybody needs to read that. It's a very thick book. Um it used to be that the reservists could take their guns home with them. Evidently, it isn't the case anymore where they had to go to the, the depot and get their guns during when, when all this happened or whatever, so yeah, Israel, Israel has a, a one. But this, this, hey, Vern, if I may, Israel has a a uh, had. I think it's a lot higher now, but had a, a one point five percent of the population actually own guns. And you know, in Israel, they have this uh, policy where you need to prove that you need a gun. And what I thought was interesting when I read that story was, well, you're a Jewish person in Israel. I mean, what what more reason do you need? What more proof do you need than that? I mean, that's a reason why you need a gun is because you are a Jew in Israel. And so, you know, very um, and, and you're right, uh, Vern, it's a very horrific story. And now they are uh, making sure that they can get guns in the hands of uh, the Jewish people there so that they can uh, protect themselves. And, and I appreciate uh, the call, by the way, real quickly, because there's there's been a couple of different versions of the same story. Um, regarding this uh, attack. And uh, it's related to what happened. I was just telling you that story in Chicago about that six-year-old that was killed uh, tragically. Uh, This is the headline. Belgian cops shoot and arrest suspect following a manhunt for an ISIS fanatic, illegal migrant who killed two Swedish football fans with an automatic rifle to avenge the death of that U.S. Palestinian boy that was killed in Chicago. So th- this is part of what, as you try to make sense of all of this, 
Okay, so this guy in uh, Belgium, he, he was um, an ISIS fanatic, and he thought that it was okay to kill two innocent people, uh, Swedish football fans, to avenge the death of a, of a you know, boy in America. Well, that doesn't make any sense. And so I, I guess part of my question would be, okay, so the folks that are, you know, criticizing the media and, and politicians uh, for, you know, reporting on the day of jihad, okay, well, then will you condemn this uh, guy, this ISIS fanatic who killed two innocent people, uh, these two Swedish football fans with an automatic rifle? Because those guys, those two fans, they didn't do anything wrong. Yet they were killed for something they had nothing to do with. The guy that actually did the killing, he is in uh, in in jail right now. He'll ultimately probably end up in prison. So I would like to see whether or not you will see the same condemnation uh, for this guy. Who, who killed two innocent people after, you know, the, the 71-year-old landlord in Illinois killed an innocent six-year-old. It is never good when innocent people are killed. That should be condemned across the board. And then people will say, aha, I got you, Mr. Talk Show host, because Israel is about to kill a bunch of innocent people in, in Gaza. Well, that's different because you have uh, Hamas who is rooted in Gaza and they won't let a lot of those innocent people leave. There is clearly a difference between the two. But I know that people will try to uh, equate the two. It is never okay. I don't care uh, who you are or where you're from or what your you know political ideology is, or your interpretation of thousands of years of history in the Middle East. It is never okay to kill innocent people. Israel is going after Hamas so that they can defend themselves against future uh, terrorist attacks so that they can prevent the one that they just endured the uh, weekend before last. That's what Israel is doing. And they've been doing everything they can to ensure that the innocent people in Gaza do not uh, are not killed or hurt or maimed. They're trying to do that. But Hamas is standing in their way. And sadly, what we are about to witness happen in Gaza is um, Israel is going to do everything they can to avoid uh, innocent uh, casualties, innocent civilian casualties. But because of Hamas. It's no doubt that there will be. Uh, some innocent people that will be killed. But you cannot equate the the killing of this uh, six-year-old. Nobody can justify the killing of this six-year-old. Nobody can justify the killing of these two innocent people as well by this ISIS fanatic. Innocent people, uh, are. it is never okay to kill innocent people. I don't care who you are or what your cause is. 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Brought to you by Hotshot Secret. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on roadside inspections. At a roadside inspection, inspectors may ask to see supporting documents. A supporting document is a document generated or received by a motor carrier in the normal course of business that can be used by law enforcement to verify a driver's logs. These documents can include bills of lading, itineraries, schedules, or equivalent documents 
that indicate the origin and destination of each trip. They can also include dispatch or trip records, expense receipts related to on-duty slash not driving periods, including receipts for meals, lodging, and fuel, electronic mobile communication transmitted through a fleet management system, and payroll records, settlement sheets, or equivalent documents that indicate payment to a driver. Drivers using paper logs must also keep toll receipts. Supporting documents must contain the driver's name, carrier assigned identification number or vehicle unit number that can be linked to the driver, the date, the name of the nearest city, town, or village, and the time. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Eight six six ninety red eye eight six six nine zero seven thirty three thirty nine. Dan Mandison for Gary and Eric. Linda is in East Point, Michigan, on Red Eye Radio. Hey, Linda, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I've had this question for some time, and I've wondered why no one has brought it up. But why hasn't anyone questioned how much Biden may be making off of Iran? given what we know of what he's made from China, Russia, Ukraine, and everything is oil-related. And at the same time, he's shutting down our oil resources. Well, I... Yeah, no, here's what we know about Joe Biden, uh, Linda, is that there always does. You're asking uh, the right question, because with Biden, there's always a, you know, pro Biden angle. Right. I mean, this is Mm -hmm. something that has been, uh, you know, one of the one of the tenets of his political career, we're finding out. So and I, I, I don't know the answer to that question, except uh, I would say that, and I'll be able to get into more of this after the uh, after the next break. But one of the uh, stories that's out there that I, I have, I haven't gotten to it yet, is China has actually uh, picked a side, and it is the side of Iran. I'll I tell you folks about that coming up next. I want to say hello very quickly though to Austin in Indiana on Red Eye Radio. Hey, Austin in Indiana, how are you? I'm all right, Dan. How are you tonight? I'm okay. Go ahead. So. Uh, You know, you've been asking, is it a good idea for Biden to go to Israel? Well, let's say he does. Who's to say that he's not going to be arrested while in Israel and being held responsible since he is the one that's been funding Iran and Iran's been funding Hamas? Who's to say that's not going to happen? I mean, I'm not against it. I really don't care for Biden. He's a senile old man. And I think he's making a bad choice by going. But then again, I'm not going to stop him. He, that, he's in jail in Israel. He's in jail finally. That's that's where the old man needs to be. Yeah, thank you, Austin. You know, give it time. I don't think Biden's going to jail. I, I don't think uh, Israel will arrest uh, Biden either. We don't need a, a major incident. But I see where you're going there.
Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. Now, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Very quickly. And then a question. Is it possible that the constant flow of fentanyl coming across our southern border, is that now over? Could be. Details straight ahead on Red Eye Radio. But uh, this headline from Axios, in claiming neutrality, China picks a side in the Israel-Hamas war. Beijing is trying to use the outbreak of violence between Israel and Hamas to curry favor among Arab states and gain their support for China's global agenda. Why it matters. The Chinese government is seeking to legitimize authoritarian practices and erode human rights protections on the international stage. Uh, We all know that China has some uh, serious human rights violations. Uh, This is no secret to anyone. But here's what they did. They condemned the violence against civilians in the Israel-Hamas war, but did not denounce Hamas by name. You know, I've seen I've, I've seen some of these politicians who try to, you know, sort of not anger anyone, not piss anyone off. And so they'll come out with I think it was. Um, oh, gosh, I can't even remember which politician it was. There was one politician who uh, came out and said that. She was, you know, thoughts and prayers for everyone who was impacted by the violence. And this is this is as the uh, as Hamas was uh, in Israel. And killing all these folks. And all of the, you know, the very bloody aftermath and, and the cleanup and all of this, America and the world is in shock. And you had some people simply refusing to. Take a side. And so they were, you know, sending thoughts and prayers to all the families and everyone who was impacted. And it's like, do you do you not see that by not taking a side? Means that you you are just like China, you are really siding with uh, the terrorists. Anyway, they talk about this. China's foreign ministry condemning the violence against civilians in the Israel-Hamas war, but did not denounce Hamas by name. China's immediate statements after the attack, which included calling for an independent state of Palestine, disappointed Israeli officials. And they said when people are being murdered, slaughtered in the streets, this is not the time to call for a two-state solution, uh, says um, Israeli officials in Beijing, adding that Israel expected China to offer a stronger condemnation of the attacks. But you see, I think I, I think China probably sees a more opportunity for China by cozying up with uh, the Arab nations than siding with Israel because you know they already know that. You know, we are at odds with China. America is already at odds with China. And uh, so they probably figure they can they can uh, gain more by, again, as Axios says, cozying up to some of these uh, Arab nations. They, They say by not condemning Hamas, 
China is looking to score points with the Arab countries, uh, says Moore Sobol, an assistant professor at a university uh, in Taiwan that focuses on China-Israel relations. Meantime, they talk about the commentary in the Chinese state-run media. Heavily censored social media platforms have blamed U.S. involvement in the Middle East as the underlying cause of the violence gripping Israel and Gaza after the deadly attack over the weekend. Chinese critics identified uh, U.S. broker normalization of relations between Israel and several Arab nations and ongoing U.S. support for the Israeli government as the source of unbearable pressure for the Palestinians. I mean, what, what did I say just a, a segment or two ago? I was talking about the, um, the murder of that six-year-old in Chicago. That, that little Palestinian six-year-old. And the bottom line is, I, I, don't, I don't care which side you're on, nothing justifies the killing of innocent people. So that's where China's at. And, and I and I, you know, I will say for a third time, I, I believe that China sees a more opportunity for China with these uh, Arab nations. And so that is uh, why they simply refused to uh, mention Hamas. Now, is there an end to the fentanyl crisis? This is interesting. So, you know, the uh, speaking of China, the fentanyl comes from a couple of different places. Number one, the ingredients from fentanyl. I come from China. They ship it into Mexico. That's where the cartels put, uh, you know, the fentanyl together. And then they send it across our southern border, our wide open southern border. Well, this is the headline. Is there finally an end to the fentanyl crisis? Mexico's uh, major uh, cartel, the uh, Sinaloa cartel, orders its members to stop moving. The deadly drug across the U.S. border and they're threatening now to kill anyone who disobeys. They say as bosses are bowing to the pressure from America. I mean, isn't that fascinating? They say tensions have recently risen in the cartel since one of El Chapo's four sons was arrested and extradited on the uh, charges. The message comes as the cartel has experienced intense pressure from U.S. law enforcement. I mean, it's about time. Now, I don't know if uh, this will actually be something that uh, takes hold and continues to uh, continues to happen. Mexico, uh, these cartels saying no more uh, moving of this fentanyl across our southern border. I don't know if this is something that's going to have a lasting impact. But, I mean, ever since Biden opened up the borders, uh, the fentanyl has just been flowing across. And by the way, there's probably other cartels that are out there in Mexico that will continue to uh, move the fentanyl into and the opioids uh, into America. They say the leading Mexican fentanyl exporter to the U.S. has indeed sent a clear order to its cartel members to stop moving opioids into America. The order comes as the a Sinaloa cartel expressing concerns about the U.S. law enforcement pressures and future arrests of its top leaders, a faction of the cartel known as the 
Los Chapitos, uh, the group led by the four sons of the notorious drug lord uh, El Chapo Guzman, uh, recently issued the order, according to the Wall Street Journal. They say the decision to lay low comes as the Biden administration has pushed the Mexican government to be stricter with the cartel that has been feeding the illegal drug into the country and causing countless deaths. Well, listen, I'm no fan of Joe Biden, but this is this is good. This is good. Now, to me, this just means that there is going to be another cartel. Listen, where there's a will, there's a way. And so there will no doubt be another cartel that will probably, uh, you know, come to fruition and then we'll have the fentanyl coming across our southern border yet again. See, it's not it is about the cartel, but it's also about China and it's also about our wide open border. And so as long as the border is open, as long as the border is uh, not secure, I know the Biden administration likes to tell us that it is, but it's not. And so as long as the border is wide open, then there will be fentanyl coming across our southern border. Although, again, this is good. That the fentanyl may be, at the very least for now, uh, slowing down because of these arrests and the pressure from the Biden administration on Mexico to uh, slow that steady stream of fentanyl that has been coming across our southern border. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. Got a lot more straight ahead. This is Red Eye Radio. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio, 86690-RED Eye is the phone number, 866-907-3339. So um, Joe Biden decided to join Donald Trump's Truth Social. You see this? Writing, we just joined Truth Social mostly because we thought it would be funny, they say. And uh, they also said, converts welcome. You know, I don't think there's going to be a lot of people converting to um, supporting Joe Biden on Truth Social. And he, here's the thing. And and listen, if this is what, you know, Joe Biden wants to do with his time, obviously, first of all, Joe Biden himself is not on Truth Social. I mean, I, I think we can all uh, admit and understand Joe Biden can can barely speak, let alone thumb out some sort of a coherent message or semi-coherent message on Twitter or X or Truth Social or Facebook or whatever. But I will say that it is pretty funny. I'm not going to lie. I mean, when I saw that, I immediately I chuckled. And, and by the way, uh, he is being ratioed. Now, if you don't know what ratioed is, basically, uh, Joe Biden is being uh, ratioed as um, badly as his polling numbers. When I say ratioed, so all of the comments are negative. Thousands and thousands of comments uh, as Joe Biden posted that he has joined a truth social. Uh, this should be fun. We thought it would be funny. Uh, most of the people that um, are posting comments are, are saying that, uh, you know, basically you're an idiot, which he is. That means he's being ratioed. And here's the thing. You look at Joe Biden's uh, polling numbers that, that just came out here a, a few hours ago from ABC. Also, 
Joe Biden is is ratioed in the polling numbers as well. If that is even such a thing, I really don't know and I really don't care. But but listen to these numbers. Listen how upside down President Joe Biden is. Only 26 percent of the American people uh, approve Joe Biden's uh, immigration and border security. That is a net minus 44. So, yeah, Joe, you're being ratioed. You're underwater in your polling numbers on illegal immigration. What about inflation? Only 29 percent approve of Joe Biden's handling of the inflation. He's underwater by 40 on inflation. You know, Janet Yellen, I played this. I had some reaction to this earlier. Let me play this real quick. Uh, Janet Yellen was being interviewed and um, she she had a message uh, for you, the uh, American voter regarding the economy. Look, the American economy is doing extremely well. It, it is the American economy doing extremely well. Because it's doing better than it was last year when you had inflation upwards of nine percent. So it is doing better than it was uh, doing last year. But people are still suffering the consequences. Of last year's Joe Biden economy, Bidenomics. Because a lot of folks depleted their savings and ran up massive uh, credit card debt because they had to pay for stuff on credit card. So, no, Janet Yellen, the economy is not doing very well. Um, Inflation has been high and it's been a concern to households. It's come down considerably. At the same time, we have about the strongest labor market we've seen in 50 years with 3.8 percent unemployment. And at the same time, um, America, the Biden administration, has passed legislation that is strengthening our economy um, in the years to come for the medium term. So uh, whatever you say uh, there, Janet Yellen, the American people are not buying it. Only 36 percent approve of Joe Biden's handling of the economy. Thirty three percent approve of Joe Biden's uh, performance on Iran. And wait till you know, I said this earlier. Wait till the American people uh, get more details, more information on how he funded Hamas through Iran. Thirty three percent approve of uh, the job that he's doing on crime. Thirty two percent approval rating on gun violence, Uh, climate change. Thirty nine percent of the American people approve of what Joe Biden has done with climate change. That is down 18 percent. Basically, if you're a Democrat, if if you're Joe Biden, there really is nowhere to rest your eyes. There's no place to say, well, that's a positive. There's nothing positive here. And so while Joe Biden is, you know, on uh, truth social, the truth of the matter is that your polling numbers, Joe, are really, really bad. And so you might think that it's funny to try and. You know, troll Donald Trump as uh, on his own uh, social media site, Truth Social. But you know what? People don't find it funny. Because people are still mired in debt. Their real rate, real wages, not keeping up with inflation, to name just a few things.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.